0: Welcome to the Dewhawk Digest, the podcast for all things Loris College. In this special holiday episode, the Guild of St. Genesius, Loris College's Theatrical Honor Society, presents the luxe radio play Miracle on 34th Street, adapted by Director of Theater Ryan M. Decker. I'm Robert Waterbury, Assistant Director of Campus Communications, and I am pleased to turn the podcast over to the Guild of St. Genesius.
1: of Auditorium, ladies and gentlemen, our Christmas present to you is the Christmas classic Miracle on 34th Street, wrapped in a covering of laughter, tied with a bright ribbon of good humor, and decorated with a cast of glorious players, this is a wonderful story for the whole family. Now it's curtain time for the play that proves there is a Santa Claus, Miracle on 34th Street. It's Thanksgiving Day in New York City, on a broad avenue adjoining Central Park, an annual event is being joyfully awaited. The spectacular parade presented by Macy's department store to herald in the Christmas season. Away from the crowd are two of Macy's public relations experts.
2: He's simply wonderful, Mrs. Walker. Just look at him on that float. The most realistic Santa Claus we've ever had. Why, he didn't even need any padding, did he?
3: Padding?
2: Why, didn't you notice his tummy? So round, so firm, so fully packed. Well, now that everything's under control, where on earth did you find him?
3: I don't know. I just turned around and there he was.
2: (laughs) And to think that the man whose place he took was intoxicated.
3: With a breath that would knock over a reindeer. Oh, just think if Mrs. Macy had seen him. What if Mr. Gimble had seen him? Competition between our stores is tough enough.
2: (laughs) Well, the parade's starting. Let's start at the curb. Not I, Mr. Dushel I'm going home to relax. Anyway, I can see it from there. I live just around the corner. Oh, so you do. Well, I'll see you tomorrow, Mrs. Walker. And congratulations on finding the best Santa Claus in Macy's history.
4: Certainly is a wonderful parade, Susan. Just look at that clown. Gosh, what a giant.
5: Giant, Mr. Gailey? There are no such things as giants.
4: Well, not now maybe, but in the olden days there-
5: Really, Mr. Gailey? And you, a lawyer?
4: Well, what about the giant that Jack killed? You know, Jack and the Beanstalk?
5: Everyone knows that's a fairy tale, and I agree with my mother. Fairy tales are silly.
4: Come in.
3: Good afternoon. I'm Susan's mother. My maid said-
5: Oh, hello, mother. I'm watching the parade. Mr. Daly
3: invited me. Hello, darling.
4: Susie's told me quite a lot about you, Mrs. Walker. She's
3: told me quite a lot about you, too. The man in the front
4: apartment. Well, this is all part of a plot, Mrs. Walker. I'm- I'm very fond of Susie, but I- I also wanted to meet you.
3: At least you're Frank. There goes Santa Claus! Don't even mention the name. Why not, Mother? Well, that Santa Claus you see is a last-minute substitute. But well, why? Uh, remember the way the janitor was last New Year's? Oh
5: my, tight is an owl? I,
4: um, I see Susan doesn't believe in Santa Claus either.
3: That's right, she never has.
5: Well, that's the end of the parade. Mother, I've been thinking. It's Thanksgiving, and there's only two of us. Can we invite Mr. Gailey? Well, I...
4: Oh, uh, please don't bother. I'll, I'll just have a sandwich or something.
5: But we have such a big turkey! Please, Mother,
3: please! Well, well, I... Did I ask her all right, Mr. Gailey?
4: Susie, shh!
3: <laughs> you asked fine, Susan. Dinner's at 3, Mr. Gailey.
2: Hello? Hello? Mrs. Walker?
3: Yes, Mr. Shellhammer?
2: Your maid said you were at Thanksgiving dinner, but I I just had to tell you. Your Santa Claus was stupendous. Well, thank you. Mrs. Macy herself wants him to be our toy department Santa Claus.
3: Oh, fine. Can you hire him?
2: Oh, I already have. Oh, he's a born salesman. I can just feel it.
3: Good. We'll talk about it in the morning. Thanks for calling, Mr. Shellhammer.
6: Here he is, Mr. Scheimer. Here's Santa Claus.
2: Oh, thank you, Alfred. Thank you. Good morning, Santa Claus. Good morning. Now, before you go to the toy department, here's a list of toys that we have to push. Oh. You know, things we've overstocked on. Now, you'll find that a great many children will be undecided as to what they want for Christmas. And when that happens, you immediately suggest one of these items. Do you understand? I certainly do. Fine, that's fine. Now, take the list, and Alfred here will show you to your throne in the toy department. And don't you forget, you're working for Macy's.
7: Are you really Santa Claus? Why,
1: of course I am. What do you want for Christmas, little girl?
7: I want a fire engine with a real hose that squirts real wet water. And I won't do it in the house. I'll only do it in the backyard. I promise.
1: And I promise you'll get your fire engine.
7: You see, Mama, I told you he'd get me one. That's fine, that's just dandy. You wait here, Minnie. Mama wants to tank Santa Claus, too.
1: Yes, madam?
7: Say, what's the matter with you?
1: Now, 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 what's the trouble?
7: I told you before, didn't I? The kid wants a fire engine, but there isn't one to be had anywhere in town. Macy's ain't got any. Gimbel's ain't got any. Nobody's got any. My fear killing me, and you say, okay, she gets the fire engine.
1: But you can get those fire engines in Chainfield, Lexington Avenue. Only four fifty, a wonderful bargain.
7: Schoenfeld's? Yes. Hey, I... I don't get it.
1: Oh, I follow toy markets very closely.
7: Macy's sending people to other stores? Yes. Are you kidding?
1: No, no, the one important thing is to make the children happy. Whether Macy's or somebody else sells the toy doesn't matter. Don't you feel that way?
7: Who, me? Yes. Oh, yeah, sure. Only, I didn't know Macy's did. I don't get it. I just don't get
1: it. Who's next, please? Roll this way to see Santa Claus. Of course, little girl. You want some roller skates? Well, you shall have them, too.
6: Mama! Mama! He's gonna bring me some roller skates. And she has some fun skates here at Macy's, haven't you, Santa Claus?
1: Oh, they're good skates, all right, but not quite good enough. Now I left some really wonderful roller skates at Gimbles. I'm sure gimbals have just what this good little girl wants.
2: Very good.
7: Mr. Shellhammer? Are you Mr. Shellhammer?
2: Gimbals? That's just what he did say, Gimbals
7: sales lady said I should speak to you. Gimbals. I just wanted to congratulate you and Macy's on this wonderful new present you're pulling. Gimbals. Imagine, a big outfit like Macy's, putting the spirit of Christmas, ahead of the commercial. Gimbles. From now on, I'm going to be a regular Macy's customer. All right, Minnie, we're going.
4: Gimbles.
7: And there's the toy department over there, Mr.
5: Gailey.
4: You certainly know all about the Macy's store, don't you, Susan?
5: Well, that's because my mother works here, and I still think it's silly bringing me here to see Santa Claus.
4: Well, well, well.
1: What a fine young lady, eh? What's your name, little girl?
5: Susan Walker, what's yours?
1: Mine? Chris Kringle, I'm Santa Claus.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh-ho, you don't believe that, eh?
5: Uh-uh, you see my mother's Mrs. Walker?
1: Oh ho ho
5: But I must say, you're the best-looking Santa Claus I've ever seen. Really? Your beard, for instance, it doesn't have one of those things over your ears. ho
1: ho that's because it's real. Just like I'm really Santa Claus. Now go ahead, pull it.
5: Oh my, my goodness, it is real!
1: Oh, yes, yeah, and now what would you like me to bring you for Christmas?
5: Nothing, thank you. Whatever I want, my mother will get, if it's sensible and doesn't cost you much. Oh,
4: That's
3: quite right, Susan.
5: Oh, hello, Mother.
4: Hello, Mr. Gailey. Hello, uh, the explanation for all this is very simple. Your maid's mother sprained her ankle. She had to go home, so she asked me to bring Susie down to you. And as long as we were here, I, I figured... We might as well say hello to Santa Claus. He
3: has real whiskers, mother. Susan, would you mind standing over there a minute? If you want me to. I,
4: uh, I shouldn't have brought Susie to see Santa, is that it?
3: Now you're making me feel completely heartless. I'm sorry. Don't you see? I tell Susan that Santa Claus is a myth, and you show her a very convincing old man with real whiskers. Whom is she to believe? Yeah,
4: that's right, isn't it?
3: When Susie was a baby, her father and I were divorced, Ever since then, I've protected my child by teaching her realities. If you don't believe in fairy tales and fantasy, you can never be hurt or disillusioned.
4: We were talking about Susie, Mrs. Walker.
3: And I must ask you to let me raise her as I see fit.
1: Alfred said you wanted to see me, Mrs. Walker.
3: Oh, um, oh yes, come in. I, um, I'd be grateful if you'll please tell Susan that you're not really Santa Claus, that there actually is no such person.
1: Oh, but Mrs. Walker, not only is there such a person, but here I am to prove it.
3: No, 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 you misunderstand. I, I want you to tell her the truth. Now, um, or what's your real name?
1: Chris Kringle, and I always tell the truth. Susan, I'll bet you're in the first grade.
3: Second grade? I mean your real name.
1: Well, that is my real name. My goodness, the second grade?
3: Very well, I have your employment card right here. I'll look it up on that.
1: That's a very cute dress you have on, Susan.
5: It's from Macy's. We get 10% off. Oh! So, you always tell the truth, do you?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Look at your employment card. Name,
1: Chris Kringle. Address, Brooks Memorial Home, Great Neck, Long Island. You may call the home if you'd care to confirm that, Mrs. Walker. It's a home for elderly gentlemen.
3: Would you also like me to confirm this? What's that? Date of birth. As old as my tongue and a little bit older than my teeth. <laughs> Place of birth, no.
1: Why, I believe you doubt me, Mrs. Walker.
3: And this tops everything, next of kin.
1: Oh, that.
3: Dasher, dancer, prancer, and vixen. I'm sorry to have to do this, Mr. Kringle. The Santa Claus that we had two years ago is back in town, and I feel that we owe it to him. Have I
1: done something wrong?
3: No, no, no. It's it's just that we feel... Excuse me. Hello?
2: This is Mr. Shellhammer. Mrs. Walker, drop whatever you're doing. Mrs. Macy wants to see us immediately. Oh,
3: I'll be right up. Uh, I'm afraid I'll have to be very abrupt with you. I have to see Mrs. Macy. You'll be paid for the full week, Mr. Kringle. And uh, I'll send your check to that address.
8: Come right in, Mrs. Walker and Mr. Shellhammer.
3: Thank you. Mrs.
8: Macy. No, about this new policy you two initiated. Uh, oh. <laughs> Macy's Santa Claus sending customers to Gimbel's.
2: But I, 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 I can explain everything, Mrs. Macy.
8: You don't have to explain a thing. Just look at my desk. Forty-two telegrams and over five hundred phone calls. Grateful parents expressing undying gratitude to Macy's department store.
2: Why you, you don't say.
8: And from now on, not only will our Santa Claus continue in this manner, but every salesperson in the entire store.
3: You mean that if we haven't got what the customer asks for, we're to...
8: We're to send him where he can get it. No high pressuring and forcing a customer to take something he doesn't really want.
3: I think that's wonderful, Mrs. Macy.
8: Why, we'll be known as the helpful store, the friendly store, the store that places public service ahead of profits, and, consequently we will make more profits than ever. As for you, Mrs. Walker, Mr. Shellhammer, you'll find a more practical expression of my gratitude in your Christmas envelopes. Oh. Thank
2: you. Thank you, yes.
8: And tell that wonderful Santa Claus I won't forget him either. Matter of fact, I'll tell him myself in the morning.
2: Yes, indeed, Mrs. Macy.
8: Good night, good night.
3: Good night, Mrs. Macy.
2: And thank you again, ma'am. Oh, a a bonus. Yes. Well, what's the matter with you?
3: Mr. Shellhammer, I just fired him. Who? Santa Claus! Oh no, no,
2: no, 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 no. No, you couldn't have!
3: But I did! He, he's crazy, Mr. Shellhammer! He really thinks he is Santa Claus. I don't care if he thinks he's the Easter Bunny. Find
1: him! You're listening to the Loris Playhouse of the Air.
6: We'll be back with Miracle on 34th Street, one of Loras College's socially distanced productions of 2020-2021 year. If you missed this year's one-day play, you're in luck. The 2020 one-day digital play is still live on the Loras Players YouTube channel. Enjoy five short films ranging from mystery to Western, all by Loras students and alums. Search Loras Players on YouTube.com. You're listening to the Lotus Playhouse of the Air. We return now to Act 2 of tonight's touching Christmas classic, Miracle on 34th Street.
1: It was a frantic few hours that Doris spent last night rushing out to the Brooks Memorial home in Long Island and assuring Chris Kringle that Macy's wanted him back as Santa Claus. Now Chris is again presiding over the crowded toy department while in her office, Doris and Mr. Shellhammer...
3: Understand, Mr. Shellhammer. That old man with the nice white whiskers insists that he is Santa Claus. Why? He's out of his mind. What if he should have a fit or something? Oh, no. I've I've got to tell Mrs. Macy.
2: Yes, but maybe he's only a little crazy. Anyway, you can't be sure until he's examined. We'll send him to Mr. Sawyer. Sawyer? In personnel. He's paid to examine employees, isn't he? And now, by the way, what do you think of this? What is it? A full-page ad Macy's is running in tomorrow's newspapers.
3: Macy's running it, but it's all about the other stores. Gimbels, and sacks. I know, I know.
2: Mrs. Macy's idea. To help our customers find what they want. It's revolting, isn't it?
3: That Santa Claus has certainly started something.
1: So I changed my clothes, Mr. Sawyer, and came right up. Oh, well then, that's your own
9: beard then? Hmm? Oh, yes, yes. Hmm interesting complex on back
1: of that. Why do you carry a cane? Always carry a cane, Mr. Sawyer. Well, that is when I wear street clothes. Hmm. I carved this cane out of a runner for one of my old slaves. What's that? What's that? With a fine, solid
9: silver top. Who was the first president of the United States? What?
1: Oh, give me a difficult one. Like, who was, uh, who was vice president under James Monroe?
9: I am conducting this examination.
1: The answer is Daniel D. Tompkins. <laughs> yes, you're a rather nervous man, aren't you, Mr. Sawyer? Hm? Tell me, do you um, do you get enough sleep?
9: My personal habits are no concern of yours. Now, what hand am I holding up? Right hand. How many fingers do you see? Three. Oh dear, oh
1: dear. Do you bite your nails too? <laughs> Stand up. Now, feet together, arms extended. Muscular coordination test. I've taken dozens of these tests. Mr. Sawyer, are you happy at home? What? That will be all, Mr. Kriegel. The examination is over. Thank you.
9: And it may it interest you to know that I've been happily married for 22
1: years. Very happily married. Delighted to hear. Goodbye, Mr. Sawyer. Miss Prue. Yes, sir. Get Mrs.
9: Walker on the phone.
5: Yes, sir. But your wife, Mr. Sawyer, she's called four times already.
9: Well, you tell my big fat wife to shut up and mind her own business.
5: Here's
3: Mrs. Walker, sir.
9: Oh, all right. Hello?
3: Oh, I was just going to call you, Mr. Sawyer. Oh? There's a Dr. Pierce stopping by this afternoon at three.
9: Who's Dr. Pierce?
3: He's the physician at the Brooks home. I thought we might discuss Mr. Kringle's case.
9: Well, there's hardly any point in discussing it, Miss Walker. Obviously, the old man should be discharged. So, Dr. Pierce, Kringle should be dismissed immediately and sent to a mental institution.
7: Oh, no. Just a minute, Mr. Sawyer.
9: Ah, he's deluded, saying that he's Santa Claus.
7: It's a delusion for good. I found he only wants to be friendly and helpful.
9: His whole manner suggests aggressiveness. Look at the way he carries that cane, Mrs. Walker. Naturally, I can't discharge that loony when he exhibits his maniacal tendencies. Please realize that responsibility is completely yours.
3: Well, I'm right back where I started.
7: Mrs. Walker, I assure you, Kris Kringle has no maniacal tendencies.
3: But if there's the slightest possibility of his causing any trouble...
7: What trouble?
3: All that needs to happen is a policeman asks his name, Kris Kringle, clang clang, and Macy Santa Claus lands up in the psychopathic ward.
7: Well, you can prevent that very simply. Now, there must be someone here at the store who could rent him a room. Then they could both come to work together. I just as dis- soon he avoided the long train ride to Long Island anyway. You
3: mean, sort of take custody of him? Mm-hmm. Do you think that Mr. Kringle would agree to that?
7: Oh, I'm sure he'll agree.
3: Well, in that case, now let me see. Who do I know who could rent him a room?
5: Mr. Kringle.
1: Oh, thank you, Susan.
5: I'm also very glad you're going to be living next door with Mr. Gailey.
1: Oh, why? Yeah,
5: because you're nice to talk to.
1: Oh, ho, ho, ho. I say, what a fine young man that Mr. Gailey is. Eh? Just think, allowing me to share his apartment a mere stranger.
5: He did it because Mother hinted to him.
1: Oh, well, anyway, I'm very grateful.
5: Shall I tell you what I did in school today?
1: Oh, by all means. Any games?
5: Yes, and a very silly game, too. Oh! They played zoo, and each child was supposed to be an animal.
1: Oh, but Susan, they were just pretending.
5: But that's what makes the game so silly.
1: Oh, well, of course. In order to play games, you need imagination.
5: Oh, uh, that's when you see things that aren't really there, huh?
1: Well, yes. But you know to me, imagination is a place all by itself. Now you've heard of the French nation... And the British nation? Yes? Well, this is the imagination. A very interesting place, too. Now, how would you like to be able to make snowballs in the summertime, eh? What? Or be the Statue of Liberty in the morning and in the afternoon fly south with a flock of geese?
5: Well, I'm quite sure I'd like it,
1: but... Oh, it's very simple, really. Well, anyway, look here the next time they play zoo, you can be a monkey.
5: But I don't know how to be a monkey.
1: Don't you? Oh, I'll show you. Now, first, you bend over a little like, uh, like this, see? Now let your arms hang loose, see? Like this? Yeah, that's fine. Now put your hand over there and start scratching, see? That's it. That's it. That's excellent, Susan. That's as fine a bit of scratching as I've ever seen. Yeah, now, now you start chattering. Chattering? Yes. Now listen. (laughs) See? And keep scratching. Now then, look here. We'll do it together, see? Chatter and scratch and scratch and chatter. See, that's fine, Susan. Fine, you're doing beautifully, beautifully. Yes. <laughs> Susan, Susan, are you awake? Uh huh. I'm uh, just coming to say good night, Susan. That's all. Now look here, about Christmas, there must be something you'd like for Christmas.
5: Well, I've certainly thought about something, Mr. Kringle.
1: You have? Well, what is it, Ann? Tell me.
5: It's right here on the night table, see? Oh. I tore this page out of a magazine. It's a picture of a house. Oh
1: ho! That's what you want, is it? A doll's house. Colonial architecture.
5: Oh, not a doll's house, a real house. A real house? Yes, and if you're really Santa Claus, you can get it for me.
1: Now, now now, wait a minute, Susie. What could you possibly do with a big house?
5: Live in it with my mother? And a backyard with a big tree to put a swing on. And a garden and a Oh well, why even discuss it?
1: Susie, Susie. Susie. Susie, could I, uh, keep this picture? Just, uh, just in case. I guess so. Thank you, dear. Thank you. Well, Mr. Gailey's waiting for me. Good night, monkey.
5: Good night, Mr. Kringle.
4: Take whichever bed you want, Mr. Kringle.
1: You're very kind, really. Tell me, Mr. Gailey, what is it you do for a living?
4: Oh, I'm a lawyer. Hayslip, Hayslip, Sherman, and Mackenzie. Oh, oh, and you, uh, you like it here in the city? Well, it's convenient, but someday I'd like to get a place on Long Island. Huh. Not a big house, just one of those junior partner deals around Manhasset.
1: Oh, one of those little colonial houses, hey?
4: Yeah, yeah, a little colonial house would be swell. Good,
1: good, yes, you're, um, you're quite fond of Mrs. Walker, aren't you?
4: (laughs) A lot of good it does me. She lives in a cast-iron shell that's just a little difficult to penetrate.
1: Oh, well, you must try a little
4: harder, Mr. Gailey. Shall I turn out the light? No, no, no. No? I'm not going to be cheated out of this. All my life I've wondered about it, and now I'm going to find out. Tell me, does Santa Claus sleep with his whiskers outside or inside the covers? (laughs) Oh,
1: outside, of course. Outside, by all means. The cold air makes them grow.
8: Oh, come in, Mrs. Walker. Come in.
3: Thank you Mrs. Macy, I've just heard something very exciting.
8: You have? Well, let me tell you something very exciting. Our policy of being kind to customers has tripled our sales. Now, what do you think about that?
3: That's wonderful Mrs. Macy, and Gimbals thinks it's wonderful too. Gimbals? Gimble's are adopting the same policy.
8: Well, is that so?
3: And it gives me an idea. As long as Gimbals are doing the same thing, why not some pictures for the newspaper?
8: Pictures?
3: Yes, you and Mr.
8: Gimble, shaking hands. Shaking hands? Are R.H., Macy, and, and Gimble? Well,
3: well,
8: yes. Yes, yes, why not? With Sony Claus, it's a great idea, Mrs. Walker. Macy and Gimble, shaking hands. Oh, that's enough pictures, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, thank you very much. Well, Mr. Gimble?
1: Come on, R.H. Now we'll go over to my store and get some really good pictures.
8: Oh, just a minute. I have something here for Santa Claus. Here you are, Mr. Kringle. A check in appreciation of all you've done.
1: Mrs. Macy, why, that's most kind of you. I didn't think you were that generous, R.H. That's quite a check. What are you going to do with it, Mr. Kringle? Well, I have a friend, uh, Dr. Pierce. She needs a new x-ray machine.
8: Buy the machine through the store. Ten percent
1: discount. Nonsense. Come over to Gibbles. We'll furnish it at cost. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, keep it up, gentlemen, keep it up. At this rate, my friend will have a whole new hospital.
6: How did the pictures turn out, Mr. Kringle?
1: Oh, fine, Alfred, fine. How about a game of checkers during lunch, eh?
6: Oh, not today, Chris. I, I don't feel so good.
1: Oh, what's the matter, Alfred?
6: Oh, nothing much. You remember when I was telling you how I like to play Santa Claus over at the Y and give out packages to the kids? Yes. Well, I was telling Mr. Sawyer about it, and he says that's very bad, that psychologically it's all wrong.
3: Wrong?
1: To be nice to children?
6: Well... He says guys who play Santa Claus do it because when they was young, they must have done something bad. And now they do something they think is good to make up for it. You see? It's what he calls a guilt complex.
1: Alfred, what else has he found wrong with you?
6: Oh, nothing much. Just that I hate my father. I didn't know it, but he says I do.
1: Excuse me.
6: Hey, ain't you gonna have lunch?
1: Later. Right now, I have an appointment with Mr. Sawyer.
9: Mean breaking into my office like this?
1: Are you a licensed psychiatrist? What business is it of yours? I have great respect for psychiatry and great contempt for meddling amateurs who go around practicing it. Oh, shut up! You ought to be horsewhipped taking a boy like Alfred and filling him up with complexes and phobias? I think I'm better equipped to judge that than you. Just because Alfred wants to be kind to children, you tell him he has a guilt complex? <laughs>
9: Having the same delusion? You couldn't possibly understand. Oh! And
1: don't you wave that cane at me. Either you stop analyzing Alfred, or I'll go straight to Mrs. Macy and tell her what a contemptible fraud you are. Oh, get out of here. Get out of here before I have you thrown out! There's only one way to handle a man like you. Maybe this'll knock some sense into you. Whoa! Oh, help! Oh, my head! My head! Oh, oh, oh! Good day, Mr. Sawyer. Miss Proud, get me the police! Get me,
9: Mrs. Wallace! Get me the psychopathic ward in the Bellevue Hospital!
6: You can see Mr. Kringle now, Mr. Gailey.
4: Thank you, nurse. Hello, Chris. Hello, Fred. Chris, I've been speaking to the doctors. They said they've given you some tests. Oh, yes. Same old test. Except this time you failed to pass them. Chris, you deliberately failed. Why? Why? Well, because I had great
1: hopes, Fred. I had a feeling Mrs. Walker was beginning to believe in me, and now... Well, now I discover she was only humoring me all the time.
4: But this wasn't Doris's idea at all. Mr. Sawyer had you sent up here before she even knew about it. But why? Why didn't she come to me
1: and explain things? Because she didn't want to hurt you. Oh, well, it's not just Mrs. Walker... Well, now take Mr. Sawyer. He's contemptible, dishonest, deceitful. Yet he's out there and I'm in here. Well, if that's normal, I don't want it.
4: But you can't just think of yourself, Chris. What happens to you matters to a lot of other people. People like me, who believe in what you stand for. And people like... well, like Susie, who are just beginning to. Chris you're letting us down.
1: I, well, Fred, maybe you're right. I, of course, you're right. I ought to be ashamed of myself. Let's get out of here. Now, wait
4: a minute. You flunked your mental examination, but good. <laughs> oh, yes, so I did. Well, anyway, you're a lawyer. You can fix it. Hey, look, I I can't just... Now, I won't let you down, and you won't let me down. Chris, now, take it easy. Look, there'll have to be a hearing. If you're going to be committed, it has to be before a judge. Well? Well, if I can do anything at all, it'll have to be in the courtroom. Now, sit tight, Chris. I'll get an idea. I have to get an idea.
8: You, uh, sent for me, Mrs. Macy? I certainly did, Mr. Sawyer. I brought my family to the toy department to see our Santa Claus, and our Santa Claus isn't there. He's in Bellevue. Yes, Mrs. Macy? Because he's a lunatic. Yes, ma'am. Uh, a lunatic. Lunatic my foot. Now you listen to me, Sawyer. You get that case dropped right away, or you'll have another lump to match the one he gave you. But it's out of my hands. Mr. Kringle goes to court in the morning. Well, just see that he's back in the toy department by afternoon. Now get out of here. Oh, Mr. Galey. Mr. Galey. Mr. Galey.
9: Yes? I've been looking all over for you. I'm Mr.
4: (coughs) Sawyer. Oh, so you're Sawyer.
9: Yes, I I was speaking to the court clerk, and he said you represent Mr. Kringle. (laughs) Well, I represent Mrs. Macy. Oh, then I'll see you in court. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) That's what I wanted to speak to you about. uh, Mrs. Macy would like to drop the whole case right now. You see, we're most anxious to avoid any...
4: Publicity. No publicity, huh? Mm. Well, that's very interesting. Oh, then you'll cooperate. You know something, Sawyer? You've just given me the idea I've been searching for. Oh good, good. If I'm gonna win this case, I'm gonna have to have public opinion and plenty of it, and publicity's just the way to do it. Thanks. And uh so long, Mr Sawyer.
9: Uh mister uh, uh, Mr Cayley Mr. but but, but mister Cayley
4: Look at these papers, Chris. Here. Evening Dispatch reads, Doctors Doubt Sanity of Santa, Who Launched Goodwill Campaign. Oh my. Daily Bulletin reads, May Santa Claus to have a lunacy hearing. Mm, what's this one? The New York Express. Is Chris Kringle crazy? Court case coming? Kitties cry calamity. You've driven the United Nations clear back to page five. Get a good night's sleep, Chris. We'll go before Judge Harper at ten tomorrow morning. We're listening to
1: the loris playhouse of the air
7: we'll be back with miracle on 34th street one of loris college's socially distanced productions of 2020-2021 if you're enjoying this radio play be sure to check out the loris players production of the war of the worlds available on the dohawk digest podcast
5: the loris players fall 2020 production a retelling of the infamous h.g wells novel made famous by orson Welles' the mercury theater on the air The War of the Worlds tells the story of humankind's battle with the hostile extraterrestrial army. Visit daily.loris.edu and find the Duhawk Digest under the podcast directory tab and enjoy The War of the Worlds, episode 46. You're listening to the Loris Playhouse of the Air.
1: The curtain rises on the third act of Miracle on 34th Street. For a few weeks, a jolly elderly gentleman named Chris Kringle has been working minor miracles as Macy Santa Claus Now his sanity has been seriously questioned, and in a crowded courtroom, Judge Harper listens patiently as the assistant district attorney summons Chris to the witness stand.
2: No, this is not a trial, Mr. Kringle. It's just a hearing, so you don't have to answer any questions. (coughs) Now then, uh, where do you live, please?
1: Well, it seems to me that's what this hearing will decide, won't
2: it? (laughs) Mr. Kringle, do you believe that you are Santa
4: Claus? Of course I do. That's all, Your Honor. The state rests its case.
7: Well, Mr. Gailey?
4: Your Honor, Mr. Marr contends my client is not sane because he believes he is Santa Claus. An entirely logical conclusion. Anyone who thinks he's Santa Claus is crazy. Your Honor, you believe yourself to be Judge Harper, yet no one questions your sanity because you are Judge Harper, do they?
7: Mr. Kringle is the subject of this sanity hearing, not I.
4: Well, Your Honor, I intend to prove that Mr. Kringle is Santa Claus.
7: <gasps> Mr. Mara, I thought you said this was a cut and dried sanity hearing.
4: Well, I thought it was,
2: Your Honor.
7: In view of Mr. Gailey's statement, I'll have to review the entire background of this case. Courts adjourned till tomorrow morning.
4: Hello, Doris. I'm sorry I'm late, but get ready. We're going to celebrate tonight. Well, didn't you read the papers? Santa's mouthpiece throws bombshell in New York Supreme Court.
3: Oh, Fred, you're not really serious about this. You can't possibly prove that Kris Kringle is Santa Claus.
4: Well, you saw Mrs. Macy and Mr. Gimble shake hands. That wasn't possible either.
3: What does your firm have to say about it? Hayslip and Mackenzie and the rest of them?
4: That I've, uh, jeopardized their prestige. And either I drop this impossible case or they'll drop me. You see? So I beat them to it. I quit.
3: Fred! You threw away a career because of a sentimental whim?
4: Well, I'll open my own office.
3: And what kind of clients will you get?
4: Oh, probably a lot of people like Chris who are being pushed around. That's the only fun in the law anyway. Doris, look, don't you have any faith in me at all?
3: Oh, it's, it's not a question of faith. It's, it's just common sense.
4: Faith is believing in things when common sense tells you not to. It's not just Chris that's on trial. It's everything he stands for. Human kindness and love and dignity.
3: Oh, Fred, listen. We've seen a lot of each other this last couple weeks. I, well, I've become fond of you. We've talked about some wonderful plans, haven't we? And then you do this. Go on an idealistic binge, throw away security, and expect me to be happy about it.
4: And I expect too much, is that it? Well, that's that, I guess. Good night, Doris.
2: Hello? Yes, this is Mr. Bara. Well, can't it wait until tomorrow? I'm meeting din- Who's been subpoenaed? Well, how do you think I feel about it? I'll see you tomorrow.
6: Who is that, dear?
2: R.H. Macy's been subpoenaed. Oh, my. Those reporters, they make me look like a sadistic monster who likes nothing better than to drown pussy cats and tear wings off butterflies.
6: Quiet, dear. Tommy's still awake.
2: Oh, oh, yeah.
6: It- It'd just break his heart if he knew what his daddy was doing.
2: I'm doing my job as assistant district attorney.
6: Well, I'm not so sure that I agree with them. Mr. Kringle looks like a very nice old man, and I don't see why you have to keep persecuting him.
2: I'm not persecuting him. I'm prosecuting him. I like the old man, too, but there's nothing I can do about it.
6: You know something, Thomas? Sometimes I wish I'd marry a butcher or a plumber.
2: Well, if I lose this case, it's very possible you'll get your wish. Our age, Macy. I, I wonder what she's going to pull tomorrow.
7: Proceed with the witness, Mr. Gailey.
4: Now then, Mrs. Macy, if you recognize the defendant, please tell us who he is.
7: Why, Chris Kringle, of course.
4: Do you believe him to be of sound mind?
8: Sound mind? I wish I had a dozen like him.
2: Mrs. Macy, you are under oath. Do you believe that man is Santa Claus?
8: Well, now that's, a uh, rather a delicate.
1: <laughs> Just think of those headlines tomorrow. Macy admits her Santa
2: Claus is a fraud.
8: You keep out of this, Gimbal. What did you say? Nothing, Mr. Mara. Nothing.
2: Well, I wish you would. Is that man Santa Claus?
8: Yes! In my opinion, he most certainly is.
2: (gasps) Your Honor, there is no such person as Santa Claus, and everybody knows it. Can you prove there isn't any? I won't even try. I'll not waste the court's time with such childish nonsense. Your Honor, the prosecution requests an immediate ruling from this court. Is there or is there not a Santa Claus?
7: Well, now, uh, I, uh, the court will take a short recess to consider the question. Hello, Henry. Like, Charlie, what are you doing here?
2: Can't an old friend visit you in your chambers? And if you ask me, you never needed a friend like you do now.
7: This Kringle case? Oh, I certainly don't see what they're making such a fuss about.
2: Henry, that Santa Claus you got out there. I'm trying for lunacy. The case is dynamite. And you're coming up for re-election soon.
7: Charlie, do you know what happened last night? Martha brought the grandchildren over. They... they wouldn't kiss Grandma. They wouldn't even talk to me.
2: Ah, you see what I mean? If you rule there is no Santa Claus, you'd better start looking for that chicken farm right now.
7: I'm a responsible judge. How can I seriously rule that there is a Santa Claus?
2: Because of what happens if you don't. The kids read about it and they don't hang up their stockings. Now what happens to all the toys that are supposed to be in those stockings? Nobody buys them. The toy manufacturers have to lay off employees. By now you've got the AF of L and the CIO against you. Yes, and they're going to say it with votes, see? All the department stores are going to love you too. (laughs) <laughs> and what about the Salvation Army? They got a Santa Claus on every street corner. They take in a lot of money to help the poor. But go ahead, Henry. You go in there and rule ain't a Santa Claus. But if you do, you can count on getting just two votes. Your own and the district attorneys out there.
7: One vote, Charlie. Oh well. Let's get this over with. The, um. The question of Santa Claus seems to be, uh, largely a matter of opinion. The, um, tradition of American justice demands a broad and unprejudiced view of such a controversial matter. But, Your Honor- This court, therefore, intends to keep its mind open. We shall ask for evidence on either side.
2: But the burden of proof clearly rests with my opponent. Can he produce any evidence to support
4: his views? If, Your Honor, please, I can. Will Thomas Mara please take the stand? Who, me? No, Thomas Mara Jr. I believe he and his father are both in court today. Hi, Papa. Hi. Tommy, do you believe in Santa Claus?
8: I sure do. Gosh, he gave me a brand new sled last year.
4: Now, uh, what does Santa Claus look like, Tommy?
8: Well, there he is, sitting right over there.
4: <gasps> Your Honor, I protest.
8: Overruled.
4: Tell me, Tommy, uh... Why are you so sure there's a Santa Claus?
8: Because my Papa told me so. Didn't you, Pop?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Tommy. You can go back to your mother now.
8: See you later, Papa.
4: You certainly will. Your Honor.
8: Don't forget, Santa Claus. This year, I want a football helmet.
1: Don't worry, Tommy.
2: You'll get it. Mr. Kringle, if you don't mind. I'm sorry, sir. Your Honor. The state of New York concedes the existence of a Santa Claus, but in so conceding we demand that Mr. Galey stop representing and presenting personal opinion as evidence. I insist he submit authority to prove that Mr. Kringle here is the one and only Santa
4: Claus.
7: Well, Mr. Galey, are you prepared to show that Mr. Kringle is Santa Claus on the basis of unprejudiced authority?
4: Well, no. Not now. I... I need a little time. Why not now? Tomorrow, Your Honor?
7: Very well. Courts adjourn till tomorrow morning. Now, come, Susan, dear. Finish your supper.
5: But I can't, Mother. All those things are saying in the newspapers about Mr. Kringle and Mr. Gailey.
3: They're having this trial because he says he's Santa Claus.
5: He's so kind and nice and jolly. He's not like anyone else I know. He must be Santa.
3: You know something? I think perhaps you're right. Is Mr. Kringle sad now, Mother? I'm afraid he must be. Then I'll
5: write him a letter. Maybe that'll make him feel better. I'll cheer him up.
3: A postman! Postman! Yeah, lady? Would you mind taking this letter?
1: Oh, sure, lady. We're going straight down to the post office now. Okay, Louie, take it away. Well, what do you know, Louie? Another letter for Santa Claus. Hey, here's a new one. Instead of the North Pole, this kid's got it addressed to Kris Kringle, New York's county courthouse.
3: Well, he's right.
1: Oh, yeah, sure. Hey, how many Santa Claus letters we got down there in the dead letter
2: office? And since the defense has been unable to submit one shred of proof that Kris Kringle is the one and only Santa Claus, and since tonight is Christmas Eve... I ask, Your Honor, that this hearing be terminated without
4: further delay. I protest. I do have evidence. Five minutes ago, you said you didn't. During Mr. Mara's oration, the bailiff handed my client the evidence to refer to.
7: What evidence?
1: This letter, Your Honor.
7: Oh, yes, Mr. Pringle?
1: It's from Susan Walker. She believes in me.
4: Oh, this letter means more to me than anything in the world. That letter, Your Honor, was delivered by the United States Post Office, an official agency of the federal government.
2: I'm sure we're all gratified that the post office is getting along so well. But what bearing has it on the sanity of that man?
4: The laws of this country make it a criminal offense to willfully misdirect mail or intentionally deliver it to the wrong party. The state of New York is second to none in its admiration of the post office department. Your Honor, that letter just received by Mr. Kringle is positive proof that a competent. One letter
2: is hardly positive
4: proof. I have further exhibits, Your Honor, but I I hesitate to produce them.
7: Come, come, Mr. Gailey, put them here on my desk.
4: But, Your Honor?
7: I said put them on my desk.
4: All right, boys, bring them in.
3: (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Your,
2: Your Honor! What
9: is this? I will do it, Your Honor. Through rain, through sleep,
7: through courtrooms,
4: anything, we deliver.
7: Mr. Gailey.
4: Your Honor, every one of those letters in every one of those mail sacks is addressed to Santa Claus. Post office deliver them. The post office department recognizes Kris Kringle to be the one and only Santa Claus.
7: Since the United States government declares this man to be Santa Claus, this court will not dispute it. Case dismissed.
3: Not the one Mr. Kringle was gonna get for me. Well, what was it? It
5: doesn't matter. I knew I wouldn't get it, but I thought he'd at least tell me why.
1: Susie! I'm sorry, Susie. I tried my best, You couldn't
5: get it because you're not Santa Claus! Susan!
3: Just a nice old man, like Mother said! But I was wrong when I told you that. You must believe in Mr. Kringle and keep right on doing it. You must have faith in him. But that doesn't make any sense, Mother! Faith is believing in things when common sense tells you not to. What? I mean, just because things don't turn out the way you want them to the first time, you've still got to believe in people. I've found that
4: out. Hello, Doris.
3: Fred! Mr. Gailey! Mr. Gailey!
4: Merry Christmas, Susie. And if you are ready to leave, I'll drive you home.
1: Before you go,
4: here. Here's a map I've made for you.
1: You'll miss a lot of traffic. About four miles south, you will see Ashley Avenue. Now, that's the street you want. Ashley Avenue.
4: Thanks, Chris, and Merry Christmas. Merry
1: Christmas to you, Fred. And to you, my dear. And to you,
2: Susan.
5: I believe, Mr. Kringle. I do. It's silly, I suppose, but I do.
3: The map Chris gave definitely says Ashley Avenue. We've been on Ashley Avenue now for. Stop the car! Oh, stop the car, please! Susie, what is it, darling? What's the matter? There it is! The house!
5: The house!
4: Susie.
3: What in the world?
4: She's running into that house.
3: Well, at least there's no one home. It's brand new, it's just been built.
4: Yeah, for sale, it says. For sale?
3: What on earth is
4: that child up to? Susie! Hey Susie!
3: Here I am upstairs! Now calm down right now. You know you shouldn't run around in other people's houses. That's strange. I'll say. No, no. I'm in mean this house. I've seen this house somewhere. I know I have. Maybe in a magazine or... Mother! It's
5: our house! It's the one I asked him for! Mr. Kringle! Mr. Kringle? I know it is! Oh, you were right, Mommy! You were right! Susie? Mommy told me that if things don't turn out just the way you wanted them to at first, you just gotta believe. And I kept believing. And you were right, Mommy. Mr. Kringle is Santa Claus! Now where are you going? In back to see if there's a swing. Oh, there is one!
3: Oh, there is one!
4: You told her that? About believing?
3: Well, you told me, Fred.
4: (laughs) The sign outside. For sale, huh? Well, we can't let her down, can we?
3: I never really doubted you. It was just my silly common
4: sense. Even makes sense to believe in me now. I must be a pretty good lawyer. I'd take a little old man and legally prove to the world that he's Santa Claus. Now you know that couldn't be... Fred? What's the matter?
3: There, in the corner, by the fireplace.
4: Oh, no, no.
3: It, it can't be. It, it couldn't.
4: A cane. Chris's cane. There couldn't be two canes like this anywhere in the world.
3: Silver handle and all.
4: Hey, you know something? Maybe I did do such a wonderful thing after all.
1: This has been the Loris Playhouse of the Air. <laughs>
0: We hope you enjoyed the Lux Radio Theater's Miracle on 34th Street, one of the socially distanced theater productions of Loris College's 2020-2021 season. This production featured the voice talents of students Amelia Foley, Sam Martin, Catherine Welzer, Jake Heline, Josh Vogt, Emily Leemeyer, Emma Hennessy, Lillian Feltis, Brittany Zanazero, Nell Boylan, and Professor John Eby. Adaptation, sound design, and editing by Professor Ryan M. Decker with student direction by Jake Heline. The Loris Playhouse of the Year is brought to you this and every Christmas season by the Guild of St. Genesius and the Loris Players. For more podcasts as well as the Loris Players' previous performance of H.G. Wells' The War of the Worlds, please visit the loris Daily site at daily.loras.edu. There you'll find daily news, podcasts, and updates. Be sure to sign up for the free email to make sure that you don't miss a story. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Doohawk Digest. From all of us to all of you and yours, we wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And go Doohawks.